how do you send nudes? So mostly I use Snapchat. I've actually never sent a nude. I have never sent or received a nude. I always just send them via text. I don't. I don't want that out there. I made sure there was no recognition so you could not see my face or anything that was noticeable that could identify that it was me. I definitely send them over Snap. Occasionally I'll send like a flirty pic to my boyfriend, but I just like do that over iMessage. I don't send like any photos, clothed or not clothed. Hello and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Caitlin Tiffany Hi. and Ashley Carmen, that's me, talk about all the choices technology forces us to make. Today, we are talking about sending nudes and how you send your nudes. What messaging platform do you use? This one is kind of multifaceted because we're getting complex. Yeah. We're, we're evolving. <laughs> Finally, this podcast is growing up. <laughs> no more girl up. talk. We're over it. Yeah. We're not adding a male to the cast, though, so you can keep that suggestion. Put that back on your, your comment card back in your back pocket. Keep it there forever. Walk, put it through the washing machine with your jeans, you know. Um, anyway, um, so we're starting from a place of asking not why this week, but how. How do you send nudes? There are so many choices in the modern age for sending a nude photo. Yeah, because obviously there are a bajillion and a half messaging apps. Google alone has like 40. So choosing how to send your nude is actually kind of a difficult task. And different messaging platforms have different perks and also cons that go with using them to send your nudes. Back when Snapchat launched, for example, it's just crazy to see how far nudes have come in our society. Because I remember when Snapchat launched... It was pandemonium. Teens everywhere believe they're sending their own self-destructing messages online with an app called Snapchat. It was like a moral panic. It was like one of those PTA meetings where they're trying to ban books. Yes, like it, was, it was like the kids. They have a new app and they're sending nudes, self-destructing <laughs> nudes. You won't even be able to tell because you can never get them back unless you screenshot. Oh, no. People who are using this and thinking that no one else will see their pictures or that no one else will see their videos are kidding themselves. Like, Imagine being pervy enough to want to hunt down your teenager's nudes. I know. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, that is no longer the case. In fact, we're all concerned that Snapchat's going to maybe die one day. We're not so worried about the nude sending. And actually, now you have dating apps, particularly gay dating apps like Grindr and Scruff, where you can send photos. It doesn't have to be nudes, but photos within the app directly. And there are also entire platforms built around nude saying there's actually an app called Nude that uses AI to hide your nudes from your camera roll so mm. that people can't just pick up your phone and be like, oh my God. Yeah. This is a, a thing that like even really big tech companies are thinking about as like accepted consumer behavior like right instead of like this is a fringe use case is like this is a core thing that people are using their cell phones for totally. so like google and apple both have image recognition technology that they're like using to sort nudes with mixed results i know like apple recently got in trouble for having you could search your images for the word brazier and it like oh. automatically <laughs> pulled all yeah that stuff isn't great you um, also have these tech companies responding to the onslaught of nudes. Well, you have governments creating legislation for revenge porn and being able to prosecute people who spread nudes that they've received unlawfully. And then also you have companies like Facebook asking you to send them your nudes so that if a nude was identified on their platform, they could take it down for you using machine learning. Yeah. Well, suffice it to say, 
nudes are no longer fringe and have spurred literal legislation around them. It's an important thing and an important choice many of us make. So for this episode, I actually talked to someone named Eden. Hello. Thanks for having me. And Eden previously wrote a Medium post about how they send nude photos to their friends. If I take a few, I'll send them to like my close friends who have seen a lot of nudes and be like, hey, what do you think of these? And we'll kind of go back and forth. The whole Medium post was about sending to your friends friends for body empowerment. And that is just so nice because my friends have sent me nudes before, not total nudes, but like, hey, I'm here's me do, twerking and my tits are out. <laughs> like, you know, something like that where I would never ever view that as like sexual content, but I'm like, oh, nice, like looking good today. But I like that I never felt empowered by that, but I guess now that I think about it, that is pretty empowering. Eventually, it just kind of became like a really, really positive thing where it helped a lot for all of us, I think, for in terms of body confidence. So I talked to Eden about how they choose the platform that they send these nudes on. It depends on the friend. My best friends and I will send them through like a group text because we all trust each other. But if it's like somebody that I haven't sent nudes with before or that I'm still getting acquainted with, or don't necessarily have that full trust or full understanding of them and I decide to send them a nude, I'll send it usually through Snapchat. Because Snapchat obviously self-destructs and there isn't as much of a concern around a nude spreading. Although screenshots are just the liability that's always going to exist. Sure, but a different person told me that they also use Snapchat to send nudes to romantic people because it tells you if somebody screenshots the photo. So then you can be like, delete that. It is more difficult because Snapchat does flag screenshots, although the teens I hear use other phones to take photos. That's crazy. You would have to work real fast. I mean, if you're sending news to somebody who's going to have a second phone out to take a photo of your Snapchat so that it doesn't show that they screenshotted it, I would assume this would be a teen I feel there would have been other red flags about that person. Hopefully by adulthood we're not worrying about these things as much. I learned that I'm not supposed to use Snapchat when I'm drunk because eventually I accidentally posted a nude on my story, which I soon had to delete. One thing that Eden also mentioned that I really enjoyed talking about was the idea of consent. Consent is super important. I don't send people nudes unless we've had a conversation about it, whether it's something that they're into, and usually those conversations are really healthy, so it's usually something like I'll be talking about nudes or we'll be flirting in text or whatever and it's a very simple question of this is weird but uh can I send you a nude would that be a thing that you like and if I have consent then I send them to them or vice versa so a nude is never sent without explicitly saying I'm comfortable with that Mm -hmm. which I think is a really cool rule and a good thing to be aware of when sending nudes and maybe even when choosing your platform because obviously if you're using a dating app that has nudes and you're just like hey here's this thing and no one's expecting it, that might not make you feel very good. Yeah, I mean, especially a relevant question when it's like now super, super, super easy to send one. It's not like I'm like taking, printing them out on like high gloss Kodak photo paper and like mailing mm-hmm. them to your house. Yeah. I can send you a nude in 0.2 seconds. Exactly. Caitlin, you talked to a friend named Frank. I'm a fan of sending news. I think the world would be a generally worse place without them. Yes. So Frank uses Grindr, which is one of the biggest gay dating apps. Grindr, Scruff, Jacked. Most of the time I, I send them through those apps to guys who I'm looking to hook up with or talk to or whatever. Historically, he's made the choice to send them sort of willy-nilly, you know, on the fly. I share my pictures way too freely and need to kind of dial back because 
because I'll pretty much share them with anyone. But he explained that the reason that it's so easy to do that is because Grindr is like specifically set up to enable that kind of behavior. Grindr has a really useful function that allows you to save pictures that you share frequently. So I rarely have to access my phone's nude pic bank. And that makes it both like easy to have them, easy to keep them private. You know, you're not handing your phone to somebody and being like, look at this picture of my new jacket. And then they flip backwards and then one before that's a picture of your dick or something. For nudes, I'm more likely to sort of stress about it but with grinders just like tap bam and he explained that it's like very important it's like a very basic part of how he uses the app you chat with a new person and then you get to a point where someone says you know would you like to trade picks share picks whatever i don't send news to people who i've already met or hooked up with oh yeah he explained whole pics have you ever attempted to take a photo of your uh, butthole. I was just actually having a conversation at lunch just now about how hard it is to take a good pic of your own butt. Let me make that clear that like there's a, definitely a difference between a booty pic and a whole pic. So, we all know that struggle. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, he says, really? I told you I did it once, but I was wearing pants. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. An unnamed coworker of mine showed me a butt pic of herself once when we were bored at a work <laughs> event. And... It was really a pretty good pick, but she said it was a lot of work to get it. So Frank talked a little bit about about how much work it is to get a good butt pick. It's logistically challenging. It's like emotionally challenging. It's always like, okay, fine. This this is, I guess, what I'm going to send to this stranger on the internet who I'm trying to fuck. The details of Frank's dating life are not as pertinent as what I found most interesting about that interview, which is just that the app that he uses is really designed to send nude photos in a secure way or mostly secure way. When it comes to like privacy and protecting yourself, I think we could all benefit from a little bit more overthinking. Which is not something that's, I think, available in most dating apps that I've seen that expect there to be like the slight power difference between male and female users. Yeah, I do think that's interesting because if you're sending nudes specifically just to people that you are interested in sexually or romantically or whatever, it's allowing you to compartmentalize mm -hmm. that relationship. You don't have to take it to the texts and then go to Snapchat. It's okay, we could do all of the business we want to do in this one app and I don't have to worry about my younger sibling walking by and being like, uh, what is going on? Because I know when I enter this app, I'm entering into the yeah. X-rated world. Yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting that apps are being specifically built to enable nudes in like a safe way because product designers know that people want to have this option, but they also know that people are rightfully concerned about making sure they're doing it in like a conscientious way where like revenge porn is a horrible issue on the internet. People like want to be careful. So it's, it's very interesting to like hear people working around that. Yeah. So what do we do now? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked, Caitlin. We obviously are very familiar with the user side of things and people choosing their different platforms, but we wanted to go talk to someone who's on the product side. We are specifically talking to the CEO and creator of Scruff, a gay dating app, about his decision to include a camera function and photo albums in the app because... Again, as we mentioned before, a lot of apps don't include that feature. Mm -hmm. So that maybe is introducing a liability. I don't know. We're going to have to talk to him and see why he did this. But his name is Eric Silverberg. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Eric and learn all about the news. I'm excited. Yeah. 
Okay, so we are here with Eric Silverberg, the CEO and co-founder of Scruff, a gay dating app. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And Caitlin's here. Hi. <laughs> um, so before we get into photo sharing and everything like that, can you just tell us a little bit about Scruff? Like how old is the app and you know, you created it, things like that? Sure. Scruff is more than seven years old. We are one of the largest gay dating apps on iPhone and Android and one of the first gay dating apps to really go global. We are extremely popular here in the United States, down in Latin America, uh, Western Europe, and we have one of the most unique communities on Scruff. It uh, really is uh, a social app that encompasses everything gay guys like to do online, whether it's meet, chat, hook up, but also connect uh, to events, connect with guys when they travel. So we're a pretty broad and encompassing app for uh, a pretty special community. Okay. And you totally created it, right? Yes. My co-founder and I started it back in 2010. That's older than Tinder, right? Yeah. Okay. We predate Tinder by at least two years. This episode we're talking about, we're specifically talking about sending nudes, but really how we ended up coming to you was that one of our interviewees that we talked to um, mentioned that he uses gay dating apps and he takes advantage of the cameras that are built into these apps. So I'm just wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about the camera function in Scruff and how it works and like what it's designed to do. So Scruff gives you uh, a number of ways to share uh, content and share images with other people. So you can take photos directly within Scruff and send them in chat. You can also select photos from your camera roll um, that you've already taken. Uh, we also let you archive uh, images so you can send it from, uh, from the cloud, if you will, as well. And I think one of the unique use cases for gay men and gay apps in particular is that I think gay guys share nude photos, gay guys share explicit content. In addition to everything else that I think people will share, especially when they're getting to know each other, but part of the reality, I think, of working uh, and serving the gay community. So when we were building our photo sharing functionality, we knew that would be a, a core use case. And as we grew and as it became kind of even more central to the app, we built functionality called private albums. So you can, uh, in addition, share a collection of photos or unshare a collection of photos based on your preference. Tinder doesn't have any photo sharing ability at all in messaging. Like, not only can you not take photos in the app or store photos in an archive, you literally can't share them. So I'm curious how you would think about this feature if you had made an app that also has women on it, because I'm guessing that that is a major reason that Tinder is set up that way. Yeah, it's a really, uh, it's a great question. And there is uh, a fundamental difference, in my opinion, between apps that cater to gay men and apps that cater to men and women. And I think it's rooted in the fact that there is a fundamental power imbalance between men and women. And there is a fundamental question of safety and security, physical safety and security that exists between men and women that is still present between two men, but I think is much, it's much closer to being 
to being equal. I think because of that asymmetry that, you know, perhaps it's a social construct, but that perceived asymmetry in power, you'll see different design decisions. You know, I think, for example, if a woman received content from a man that was perhaps risque or perhaps explicit, I think her reaction to receiving that kind of content would be very different than on Scruff, where if someone shares a private album with you and it's explicit content, the kind of the social construct behind that action and the emotional reaction to that, uh, I think it's just very different. And so I can understand why, if you're creating an app for men and women, you might want to essentially lock down what you can do and what you can share and really tune it to um, and prioritize the experience of the women on your app, first and foremost. Do you have any warnings about the camera at all? Like, do you say, hey, like, think before you share or something like that? I don't know. Because one of the people we talked to mentioned that he... Well, bringing him on the show, he's like he was Googling, I guess, before he came on. And he was like, whoa, I didn't realize that, like, maybe I shouldn't be sharing my dick pics this much because, whoa, that's my my He also said that he kind of felt like the fact that Grindr offers, like, the photo archive is sort of a feature that enables more sharing and quicker sharing because you're not, you don't have to go onto your phone, scroll back through your camera roll, like, figure out where the photo was. You're just like here's my nude bank or whatever. Like it's like very fast. So I guess we're, we're curious about yeah what kind of security features, how do you think about security on yeah, that specific feature? Yeah, he specifically mentioned Grindr in that case. So like, do you give users any sort of warning or like a think twice type of thing? There's no warning in any of the gay apps when it comes to actually sharing image content with other members. That said, Scruff is unique in its ability to allow you to both share and unshare collections of your your private album, so collections of photos. Scruff is also unique in that we do allow our members to unsend photos and any message if they later change their mind. Now, neither one of these approaches is 100% foolproof. Anyone, once they receive content from you, can screenshot it. Mm -hmm. Even if you were to write the most sophisticated code possible, you could literally take a second smartphone (laughs) and take a picture of the first smartphone and thus have like exfiltrated that content. So I think this is as much a social issue as it is a technical issue. And I think what we are seeing is the social landscape change significantly from when we started more than seven years ago. And I think you're seeing not only gay men sharing personal content, explicit content in some cases, but you're also seeing straight men and women doing the same thing, especially with the rise of apps like Tinder. And that's, I think, also part of the reason why uh, we're, we're seeing lawmakers starting to pay attention to some of the worst case and most problematic consequences of sharing this sort of content. I, I know lawmakers in California were close to passing a law. I don't recall if they have yet, but they were debating a law on the topic of revenge porn mm-hmm. and using explicit content, essentially resharing explicit content without permission for the sake of embarrassing uh, someone else. I mean, I can guarantee you there will come a point when our lawmakers themselves 
have revenge porn being leaked out onto the internet. And whether it's like 2020 or 2030, there will be an American president one day who shared naughty photos when <laughs> he or she was young. And so I think the, there, there is very much a social change that is happening. And I think making people more aware, not only of what could happen, you know, when they share something in private, but more importantly, making people aware of what could happen if they take private content and publish it uh, publicly, knowing that they could get sued, fined, maybe even go to jail. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will change things for the better. Do both parties have to agree to message each other or can someone send a picture without an agreement on the other end, like consent on the other end? And also, I'm not sure if you've done any research into this, but do you know if people ask often if they're comfortable with photos being sent to them, like consent on the recipient side as opposed to the sender side? Messaging in Scruff is open, so anyone is free to initiate conversation with anyone else. And, you know, anyone's free to send content uh, unsolicited to anyone else. Now, that said, you can block, certainly you can block other members, and you can clear conversations. So if you receive content you're, you don't like, you can clear it block the member, and if necessary, you can report them uh, if they're violating our community guidelines. I think the, the protocol in the gay community and the reaction by the gay community to receiving content, solicited or unsolicited, I think it's just different than it is in the straight community, so it's not as big of an issue. Um, and typically, the content that you're receiving is of the person who's sending it, so it's not as much of a concern as is, will the person that I sent my content to turn around and reshare it without my permission. Do you have community guidelines built around sharing other people's photos or sending photos? Like any sort of community, like could you explain some of your guidelines that you've developed over the years? Because I don't know if you developed them from the onset or if incidents happened or whatever. Just could you explain some of your community guidelines that you've developed? Sure. Um, yeah, we, we have a set of community guidelines that we have developed over the years. And in addition to strong prohibitions about misrepresenting yourself, using fake images, catfishing, we also have, I think some of the most important guidelines are centered around your conduct and the things that you say to other members and the things that you say in your profile and in your profile text. And a critical feature of an app like Scruff is making sure that our community feels safe and feels welcome. And if we have members of our community that are disruptors for some reason, they're uploading very offensive profile imagery or have profile text that's threatening in some way, or perhaps more often the case, uh, are simply being harassing in chat to other members, that's when our support team will step in and take action and let people know, you know, this is a different kind of space. This is not like Twitter, where oh, it seems pretty much anything goes, right? This is, this is not a publishing platform, if you will. This is a space where people who, generally speaking, uh, are complete strangers, are coming together to try and meet one another, to learn something about each other, maybe share content with one another, hopefully um, meet up. And as a result, we have a different and I think more stringent set of uh, concerns. And that's why we 
have published, I think, a very complete set of community guidelines. And not only that, we enforce those guidelines. And I think that's one of the key differentiators to the community that is Scruff compared to any others. I'm curious on Scruff, I'm assuming that people are sharing photos that aren't nudes too. They're probably just sharing photos of their faces or photos of a dog they saw. I don't know. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but is there anything specifically protecting nude photos just from like a very basic like... Like are you encrypting the... Yeah files or how are you, like the actual security? Sure. So, you know, and I think that you have identified a, uh, a real issue, which is you don't want to have X-rated content or explicit content in your camera roll because a lot of times you're loaning your camera out to someone to take a picture or you're like flipping through it with a friend. And uh, that's one of the big reasons why Scruff built its private album functionality. So you could essentially take that content off of your phone and send it and secure it up into the cloud. And we ensure that uh, information in transit is uh, definitely encrypted. And, you know, I think that said, it's up to everyone, whatever service they're using, whether it's Scruff, whether it's iCloud, uh, to make sure that they are practicing security um, or best practices when it comes to security. Use a strong password. Don't share your password with other people and be uh, take advantage of two-factor authentication, uh, especially for uh, services that offer it. Was video initially, um, when you first launched Scruff, part of the camera function or was that newer? It was not initially part of it, frankly, because the devices themselves weren't uh, really ready to handle it. I think we launched it around 2013, and we let you kind of uh, record videos to around 30 seconds length uh, and include those in your private album or share them in chat. Were there any other like considerations you had to make? when when like What was your thought process when it came time to add video? Were you just sort of like, the phones can handle it now, we wanted to do this before, but just the tech wasn't there, or was it more of like a considered decision that you guys made? We knew our members wanted to share video and were sharing video via other means, uh, whether it was other services or just kind of sending MMS messages. So we wanted to make it easier for people and we wanted to uh, integrate it directly into the app. And yeah, it was around 2013 when the technology really made that achievable and allowed you to, to, sh to share what frankly are much larger files uh, more uh, more efficiently. We probably s launched video soon after Snapchat had really gotten its start. Is there anything from dating apps now that you're hoping like in the future trickles down into the broader culture? I think that especially unique to gay dating apps, we enable our members to be very upfront in expressing their sex preferences, okay? There's sexual preferences, which refer to, uh, you know, if you want to have sex with men, you want to have sex with women. And then there are sex preferences. So in the gay world, frequently, that's like top, bottom, versatile. And these often, this the expression of these preferences often invites uh, discomfort, scolding, shame, etc. And I get it. Uh, this is a very, like, sensitive topic. People have different levels of exposure to that. But, you know, I'm hopeful that in the future, when, when people express their sex preferences, it will 
be seeing as something that's normal and, and accepted and something that, sure, is a, a feature or a field included on straight apps too. Other people still see Scruff as a hookup app that's somehow illicit or doing something out of the norm, uh, especially because of features like that. And Scruff is not illicit. Wanting to have sex is not something out of the norm. And so I'm hopeful that in the future we will that that stigma or or that um, that cloud that kind of hangs over apps uh, that that cater to the gay community uh, will will have dissipated. Yeah, this kind of I mean really gets to the thesis of our show. Like what you're saying here is that kind of designing this type of app with these sets of features, like kind of almost tells people like no you're not you're not being weird or gross by like wanting to express this about yourself like lots of people want this and that's why this exists like the same thing with an app that would sort your nudes out of your camera roll like that's a company saying lots of people have nudes in their camera roll enough for us to do this or whatever not that I need like a corporation to tell me that my, my <laughs> sexual behavior is okay but um but like it it really does seem like the the, the little bonus implied in these apps yeah is that, it brings like, it into the popular conscience it's just like yeah oh this is a this is something that not just i would want to do or think about doing but product designers yeah. people out there who are creating ways to express ourselves are giving us those options and are thinking about it too so that's really cool and a lot of the paranoia i think just comes from like the normal fear of being vulnerable like the paranoia about sharing a nude photo is like not so different from like the general fear of just like being naked in front of somebody or whatever mm -hmm. yeah well eric thank you so much for coming on the show you've really been like a great interview and taught us so much thank you and um, yeah what do we learn <laughs> what do we learn <laughs> What did we learn? I learned that I'm very proud of our culture right now, that we are... Oh, getting, boy. <laughs> that we are, uh, you know, breaking down the stigma around nudes. And I think that's great. Like, I definitely feel that I can feel the shift happening, too, where we stigmatize the people who send other people's nudes around, like revenge porn. Like, those people are, we could all agree, bad people. Prosecute them. That's not good. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's definitely where we should be heading, as opposed to viewing the senders of the nudes as the bad people or, like, doing something explicit, which is sort of like, this is 2017. I don't know. Get with it. <laughs> you heard it. Here first. Get with it. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I feel like when we decided to do this episode, I was like, this, one, this one's going to be hard because there's so many different contexts for sending nudes, not only based on your sexuality or like based on what you're using them for, based on how you're taking them, where you're sending them, yada, yada, yada. And what I learned was I was right. <laughs> Just kidding. It is very complicated. At the same time, it's not very complicated because as we are always coming back to you, I feel like at the end of these episodes, like all of these decisions at their very root, like the reason that they make you feel confused or anxious is that like being vulnerable towards other people is hard and scary. Whether that means I see that you read my text message and didn't respond to it and that makes me feel vulnerable or mm -hmm. I see that you liked a celebrity's butt on Instagram and that makes me feel vulnerable or I super liked you and you didn't swipe me back. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> like all of these things basically just come down to like it's extremely hard to be a person. <laughs> yeah, eventually we're going to have to t 
take on a video chat dating, which is just going to be a whole nother that's gonna be thing. That's going to be a no for me. <laughs> so you can obviously listen to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, etc. Please leave us a little rating. Leave us any of your comments, only if they're nice. Just kidding. Say what you feel. Speak your truth. And let us know if you have any questions about the buttons you're pressing, why you're pressing them, who made them, etc. If you're making these buttons, also reach out to us because we are interested in the buttons you're making. Button is starting to sound like a fake word. Uh, All right. Well, thanks, guys. (laughs) You can reach me at Ashley R. Carmen on Twitter. I'm K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany on Twitter. And that's all for us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you never. It's a radio show. A self-deleting picture app is something some celebrities might appreciate.